name is Clementine, and she was uh, basically she was with her family, and her parents got killed. Uh, and so she went to live with her grandparents, and then her grandparents' town got raided, and she and her sister were alone. And there's a song that I sang in a chorus um, that captures this one moment of her in the middle of the field with no one there. It's called Beneath the African Sky, and she was just there, she was six years old, in the middle of a cornfield. Um, and then eventually she was found and she was brought to refugee camps. She came back to America and they discovered her parents weren't actually killed. So, um, it was actually, of all people, Oprah. She was, and Oprah reunited the two of them. But, um, yeah, so that was just a story that I was like, this is really awesome and I want to tell this in my form of art, which is game design. Um, but you make a competitive game about trying to save a girl and beat out your opponents. That now makes your opponents the infidels instead of <laughs> fellow saviors. And yeah. yeah. So that didn't sit well with me. It people. didn't fly <laughs> So now you're riding animals throughout a jungle. <laughs> All right. So I'm here with Nick Sauer, Diane Sauer, Ben Beagle, Tim Blake. Tim just won't leave. <laughs> so, how is Metatopia for everyone? We're now on the end of Saturday, so it's been a couple days. It's not, not bad, not bad at all. I mean, it's we're getting to the point where we're in that final rush for what can I get done before I go to sleep tonight, so that if I've got one final test tomorrow, I'm ready for it. And I think you'll see designers just showing off stuff in, in that regard to see what they need to tweak ahead of tomorrow. And the other thing you're going to see tonight that, that hasn't really come out yet is the stuff that you're going to see at Unpub and Metatopia next year that's an idea right now and some index cards. And is it worth pursuing? That's what's going to happen tonight and into tomorrow. Yeah, I, I agree. Mine's been going really well. I did a uh, playtest of my game yesterday. Uh, got some amazing feedback for it, and uh, I'm doing an escape the room game. And uh, I had some um, just really good playtesters that uh, I really have a good good direction to go with the game now, so, so that was good for me. But also, like Ben was saying, um, right now, you know, Designers are about to get out of a big playtest, and then everyone's just going to hang out in the lobby. And this is my favorite part of Metatopia, is after all the games get, or, or all the official games get put away, and the unofficial ones get out, and everyone's just talking and having fun and playing each other's games. And there's some adult beverages bonding. that happen. Many adult it's, beverages. It's family time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Ben is the mayor of it all, so. Right, it's true. Uh, yeah, we've had some really great uh, play tests. We had a really, we had a um, one of the, the high tests. We had other designers with uh, our uh, Born to Serve, which is a game we've been developing for a long time. That uh, we've had we had hit a roadblock and it got, got set aside, and then an idea popped in, and we first tested it at an unpub uh, that Ben ran uh, was that maybe a month ago or a few weeks ago, two weeks ago. That's soon ago. Wow. Um, and, Seems like longer, doesn't uh, it? And, that, and we tweaked it so after, much has changed in two weeks? Yeah, we tweaked it after that. But, but, but no, it changed real time at the end of three times. <laughs> that simple idea hammered the economy that's of the game. How you, that's how you do a <laughs> design convention. But it really, today, like, really, like, today, like, that high test, the people, it was really, really great. And then we had some tests later that kind of confirmed that, hey, I think we finally, finally got it. Cracked that nut finally? Yeah. yeah. How'd that feel for you, Nick? I mean, it's your, you've been the lead on that design. <laughs> 
it's good, but it's like you just—it's like you're worn out after a while. It's like, okay, is this really done now? You know. In my high test of photography this morning or this afternoon, two o'clock is the morning to me as far as. <laughs> but uh, it went really well. I had a test yesterday. They they suggested changing the entire scoring system, so I changed the entire scoring system right before my high test. Wow. And it's better. It fixed the problem of people running away. So instead of 190 points to 140 points, it was 18 to 13 to 16. So it tightened it up a lot. Did that feel more fulfilling for the players? Yes, it was a much better direction. It wasn't kind of a runaway thing. Uh, still needs some work. The numbers might not be right, but it was a great test. Um, How'd vanilla go? I mean, that's something that you started in the last couple of weeks. Yes. Kind of rushed to make sure you have it ready. <laughs> yeah, so how did how, how's that been going for you? It's been surprisingly well. I actually got an unscheduled play test of that in last night because a couple that I ran into had wanted to play vanilla. They're actually in a photography test earlier. And they're like, oh, we really wanted to play vanilla, but we don't have time. I'm like, well, I'm around. If I see you, let's play it. At 12.30, I'm ready to go home. I run into them last night. So we played my Happy Euro at 12.30 in the morning. Wow. It went pretty well. They made some suggestions. I put those suggestions in for the test today. Uh, it went pretty well. Going along, it's, um, the numbers are wrong. And but does it function? To a degree. The issue is every single thing in the game is connected. So when I'm like, oh, I have to fix the demand. Now all of the auctions are messed up. All of the numbers right. over here are messed up. So, so all things have changed, yeah. And then the demand is wrong. <laughs> so just everything is so interconnected. It's very, it's very tough, but it's, it's definitely moving along for two weeks. I, I've never designed this big a game in this sort of time. It's ridiculous. So cool. It's an exciting team, too. Big difference from Invino Morte, which we, we played earlier over dinner. Just the, the, from the, 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 the heaviness of the game. What's that? It was also quick to design that. But yeah, the heaviness is a little, it's a little different. It's the same thing. How's, how's your experience been, though, Chris, overall? Are you glad you came? I mean, oh, this is your show, but I'm going to ask you questions so you can participate. Because you are <laughs> the newbie here. Ben is the mayor. You are the newbie. No, you're the newbie here. You have a different perspective than some of these other people who are, knew they were coming before they were coming. Um, I have learned a lot in my first days. Like Tim gave me some advice. Don't schedule every hour. That's some advice. <laughs> um, another thing, I booked too late, so I'm staying 20 minutes away. And 20 minutes seemed reasonable looking at a map. So I'm like, oh. At 3 in the morning the after a heavy economic euro. It's not even that. I spent 15 minutes looking for a parking spot when I came in today. Yeah. I was almost late for my own test. It's because you came Surprise. in at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> that is why. <laughs> but I was up till 4 making changes to my games. Well, yeah. so, what kind of prototyping supplies did you bring? A uh, lot of poster board, some markers, pens, basic stuff. Is your bag heavy because of it? It's lighter now because I stopped carrying around prototypes that I'm not playing anymore. Good idea. Good thinking. No, it's been great. It's amazing. I definitely have to come back. This is... So, how does how does it compare to Fig? I mean, they're both they're both events to show off new or indie or things. How does it compare to your experiences at Fig? It's very different. Fig, I presented one time at Fig, um, and I lost my voice. It was very exhausting. Yeah, like, absolutely. I at that time I was very new. That was like one year into designing, and um, I didn't expect a lot of people to care about my game, but it was just endless. How about you guys? I mean, I know everybody here has been involved in Fig in some way, and you've been here as well. How do they compare? 
um, yeah, you, yeah, Fig is your, your, your non-stop, you know, you were non-stop getting hit, hit by people. Here it's um, a little more laid back, a little more relaxed. You get you get breathing room. Right, and it's more focused on, it's here, it's more focused on getting it to that point. I think by the time you get to Fig, you're, you're much further, I think, generally further along and closer, closer to done, or even in some cases, done, you know, fin- finished, um, and just, just kind of presenting. Yeah, much later beta, much later beta, yeah. Right. Yeah, definitely, that's um, kind of... The, the games that show at FIG, and I think a lot of it has to do with the submission timeline, by the time a game actually shows at FIG, it's already undergone at least six months of development, right, because yeah. you have to submit it six months before the game, before the festival happens. Yeah, right, hope so they spent those six yeah. months. Yeah. yeah, I mean... Hopefully it hasn't gotten worse. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I will tell... Uh, have you seen that, Tim? Um, to the I don't know. I So I don't actually get to play all the but games But have you heard about FIG. anything? I really wish that I did, but there are 50 games in the showcase and there's just not enough time to do that and then of course I'm running my own things over there too. right if you're doing your own thing you're, yeah. you're done yeah um, this year I thankfully at think I was uh, smart about it and I got about eight of my friends together to help me run the booth so I was there for about two hours and then was able to go and talk to everyone else right. wise wise move <laughs> Um, but I think the biggest difference between Metatopia and Fig are the people who play your games. So at Metatopia, it's a smaller convention, a couple hundred people, but everyone here is a designer or a playtester who really enjoys the aspect of... Design adjacent. Yes. Dis- yeah. <laughs> they really enjoy playing games that aren't finished and having some kind of effect on them and what the finished product is. At Fig, you're getting more of the general public. Uh, one of my one of the things I love about Fig, and we were just talking about this uh, before you turn the podcast on, um, is how the public that comes to Fig knows that they're going to an indie game festival. So they're not expecting to see the newest, biggest, hottest game that's out there. They're expecting to see these small games from these designers and small publishers and getting to play those games. And really, Fig is about connecting the designers to their audience, where Metatopia is about connecting designers to other designers and making those games at the Would you say Fig is closer to an Unpub, as far as like the public is coming in? Um, I would say Unpub falls right in the middle of Fig and Metatopia. So yeah, Unpub that. has yeah. that huge design aspect of it, where designers are playing each other's games, but it also is open to the public for the public to come in and see it. So Unpub sits very comfortably in the middle. Yeah, I think, you know, Fig is more front-facing, more of an end product. Yep. Yeah. Unpub yes. is getting those tweaks to that end product, and uh, Metatopia is about getting it to where you might feel comfortable showing it to the public. Yeah. It's about, it's, it's about tightening up the game as, before you move on to, to the marketing and the execution on that end. With that said, uh, one of my goals with Fig is to make sure that we're presenting games that aren't finished games that these designers are still actively working on. I mean, right. One of our awards is the Diamond in the Rough Award, the game, you know, best unfinished game. Uh, and so we have had games that have shown up that are still on index cards or using art stolen from the internet because... Right. Because it's free. Because it's free, yeah. <laughs> and it's just a prototype. Right, yeah. um, all the way down to completely finished games that have been produced and they have 1,500 copies of in our cell. Right. So speaking of that, 
Um, you feel that the prototypes have just become cleaner over the years, but now it's a lot easier access to like Game Crafter and just the process of making a nicer prototype. Do you get a lot of index cards or people even early on? I played a game today nicer. that was notebook paper handwritten. Really? And it was it was more of a proof of concept for them, does this work? So I think it depends on what stage you're in. Some people jump to the finished looking prototype too soon. And then, and then they become married to that. It may hinder their development and their design changes. Um, but I think that you know, some some people are out here just getting it out there, just to get it on the table. Well, there's, a, there's another side to that too, where um, it, it's it's going to sound crazy, but to get people to want to play your prototype, it has to look kind of pretty. Which so it's just really kind of this ugly feedback loop where you need to get you need it to make it look pretty to get people to play it, but at the same time. Yeah, like Ben said, you can get trapped in, in this like this particular look and feel where you don't need to be. Yeah, you need to be a little more open. But. I think, and I think that that might be based on the convention you're at and its intent, where this is like designers showing designers right. to get that process. So, so it's more forgiving. So it's more forgiving. It's more forgiving than yeah. it might be in a general public setting. We've all had that prototype that's on index cards in right in eight and a half by eleven pieces of paper. Corrugated so, card. One guy had corrugated cardboard. It was right. a beautiful piece I, of corrugated. I've seen. I've seen. I've seen the back of a pizza box. It all happens. Exactly. <laughs> so we know that when we're sitting down at a game and those are the components, we're like, all right, we know where you are in the process here. And we've all been there, so and we're forgiving. That's what's what's the what's the weird thing outside of you know the, the actual game design playtesting process here at Metatopia that is like like the thing that, that you're like that's a Metatopia thing. Fatties. Yeah. <laughs> For those who don't know across the country, you so want to explain? Fatties is a restaurant that's about two blocks away from the hotel here, and they just serve these big disgustingly fried delicious subs and everyone has to go there at least once if it comes on a bar appetizer platter it comes on a long roll yep. and usually more than one of one of them at, at one time yes. you, you know a chicken finger and a mozzarella stick right and french fries and, and french, french fries, fries. <laughs> and cheesesteak and marinara <laughs> And they don't hide it. I mean, they're called fatties, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah they're, and they're open until 3 a.m. There's no a. subtlety there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anything else? How about, how about you, Chris? What's the, like, I don't this know. year, what didn't you, ex- what did you happen that you didn't expect? Or you know, do you expect to be hanging out in a hotel lobby like this as much as you do? No. That, that is a nice thing. This openness and basically taking over the hotel. Like, this is an interesting thing. Because usually, I've gone to smaller events, and it's, you, you stay in those rooms, and then real, real guests are over here. So this is nice that the gamers kind of own the place for this weekend. That's very interesting. It's always fun to see who else is in the hotel. Too. Yeah, there was a wedding party that went by fully dressed earlier today. Um, full tuxes, full dresses, and we all you always wonder what's yeah. what's the other party. Some some gamers cheered for them. They jumped up and down a little bit. You know, it's 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 a working environment. It's cool to when they get back after their um, after their ceremonies today and after their reception, we're all going to mingle over at the bar together until they should kick us out. Yeah, the one, the, I guess the, the thing that I would say is kind of unusual about Metatopia is you run into the, some of the people you can run into. Like, um, 
one of the guys, or David Kitchen. He did. He worked for Activision. He designed Atari cards for Activision that I play on my old Atari system. And it's like you don't you don't run into those people at other cons. Right. He's he's playing he's playing in our you know in our. In he's our playing game. he's playing on my game. Yeah. <laughs> this is the guy. You know. It's like all right. I I wish I knew you were here. I brought my cartridges up so you could sign them. <laughs> it's it's funny to hear you fanboy, Nick. I don't think I've ever heard that before. Like I, I've seen it a lot of people. There's I mean there's a lot of accomplished designers here that are willing to give you their time and have no pretensions about them. They will just sit down and do. And, and so, so I've never heard Nick fanboy like this. I've heard a lot of younger designers do it. But it's cool to see Nick just be like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Like, like it's a rock concert. Exactly, yeah. You know, I was chatting with someone um, just about an hour ago, and we were talking about how last year I came here and I was kind of that green designer, or it was my first Metatopia, and I'm looking around at all of like these designers that I know and I play their games and I enjoy their games and and I was really intimidated by it. And then this year I can't come here and the first thing they do is run up to me and give me a hug. So and there are people that are feeling that way about you here. I hope so. How ill-advised it may be. <laughs> there's somebody here who's like, that's Tim Blank. He's part of Fig. You know, there's there's that guy is here too, and that that guy can be you for the next generation too. Pay it forward. Aww. <laughs> what do you got? Anything else? Like I said, this is new, so this all makes perfect sense to me. This is the way it must be. This is the. How do you, I mean? As a first-time designer, have you fan fanboyed out a little bit? I I try to keep it very controlled. Be honest. This is a podcast, or I will start cursing. I mean, it's really cool meeting John Gilmore. Okay. It's really cool having Jared Honeycutt play my game. Okay. I mean, this is your time to name drop a, a little bit. It's your podcast. You can edit it out. I don't care. The editing is so much work. I know. But you took a panel on. Speaking, speaking you want to talk editing, about the panels? Yes, Gil Hova. Oh, thank you, Gil, for all of that editing advice. That was. So that was exactly I what mean, I needed. This is, is going to sound else? better. Um, so, what panels have you have you gone to? Like what, what types of things? Because we didn't talk about that at all. Like what panels they have and kind of the options they offer there. I slept through a lot of the panels <laughs> I wanted to go to. I went to because you were up till four a.m. changing your. Yeah. So I shouldn't have even thought that ten a.m. was a thing. Um, I went to the editing one. That was good. I went to Jim and Ben's and who else was there? Suzanne, Kiva. Banana, Matt, Fantastic, and Kiva. Yeah, on uh, creating playtest some things or other. Kiva did Kiva's done a great job uh, curating some of these. Up and oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're more community focused. Yeah, she's yeah, she was really good at the one I saw you. On. What have you, what, what panels have you guys seen or participated in? Or? Um, uh, I did one. The first one of the first things I did was um, how to uh, design for uh, game stores and distributors. To basically things that, that yeah. they would be attracted to in games, which I thought was cool. What's your next? Um, we did. I helped Dan with one. It was uh, we we revisited our first Kickstarter. How many years ago? Uh, Wait, four years ago? Almost. Yeah, four years. It was. It, it was, it was uh, painful. It was a, a Kickstarter. What is it? Kickstarter of horror, <laughs> like the Treehouse right. of Terror. And, right. And it I was, was rough looking back. <laughs> I was talking to somebody who's. This is their first Metatopia as well. They came not knowing what to expect. Found out about it last week. Wow. And. They're a newer designer. You know, they're still in that stage where they're afraid to put pen to paper, even um, because of what may what others may say about it. And we're trying to be encouraging to them. But they went to their first panel today, and it was on cartography. 
and they didn't even think it was possible to get information about that in an event like this. They were excited about the cartography panel, so there's panels that you may not even think are important right. that somebody's going to find value in, yeah, like editing a podcast. Or that's the beautiful thing about Metatopia is you go to these bigger conventions, and all of the panels that you hear there are going to be very high level, how to design a board game, you know, how to figure out who your audience is for your game, all that stuff. You come to Metatopia, and they will say, "Here's how you do cartography. Here's how you build a a setting for your miniature game." They'll they actually do those more in depth panels, and I really enjoy that. There was a panel about how to deal with imposter syndrome, and I, when the moderator when that, the when that's the, what our last episode was about. What's yeah. that? That's what Doug, we talked about at dinner. Doug was on her last yeah. episode. Yeah, so, and, and it was funny to listen to the moderator say when she asked people to be on the panel, some of them said, I don't know if I'm qualified to talk about it. <laughs> then you are. Yes, but, but it's, it's, it's realizing that every all the people here, like, like Tim said, it's not this high-level thing. It's, it's real things, and we're all able to share some insight in some way, whether it's in a test, whether it's in a you know the high test that they have where they, they have actual design, like specifically designers tailored to help you with your thing um, to the, the uh, panels. It's also somebody who has some experience and has some insight helping the community as a whole. Exactly, and I think that's a big thing to know about who is on these panels and the information that's being given there. For example, when Kiva came to me and asked me about uh, working on a panel of with game design communities, I thought about it and I was like, well, I guess I do run two game design communities, but I would never consider myself an expert on it. But the people who showed up to that panel didn't run any game design communities, so whatever information that or advice that I could give them in being on that panel is going to be more than they had walking into that panel to begin with. Well, that, that was really nervous with the Kickstarter panel because that same thing is because it was we're going to our first Kickstarter and going through. Okay, here's what we did wrong. Here's what we did really wrong. And you're thinking, well, is here's where get, we got lucky. Yeah, here's where we got. And super here's, lucky. here's how we should have done. Right, but it, but it's um, you're thinking like, is anyone getting any value out of this? But it's exactly it. The audience was just like, you, it was people who were really interested in running their first Kickstarter, so they were just like, oh, this is like manna from the heavens. It was and great. you never know, something that you said on that panel could make it or break it for them. Right, exactly. You know, Which they, is really cool. You know, obviously, you probably talked about like, you need to have a good catchy video that catches them in the first couple yep. of seconds. Yep. And they might have just on their first video been like, hi, this is my game. <laughs> you know, and that could make it or break it for yep, them. Yep. Yeah, more than make it, if more make it because of it, mission accomplished. <laughs> Nick, how, how many things have you bought since you've been here? Just two. I've been a good boy. So yeah. Thank you. That's, I have a very great, staggering yeah. game collection. Did you buy anything, Tim? I bought one game today. And Ben, we were talking about it earlier. It's called uh, Relic Runners. Ben has owned this game for three years and has not opened it once. So that so what? So what's worse? So if worse we play then? it tonight, I can cut it off the list. <laughs> yeah, but yours will still be in train. It's not. A, it's playing the game. It's not about playing my copy. I will say that. <laughs> we gave up on that rule. We gave up on that. That rule I last have year. Cacao for about two years now. I have played it probably five to ten times, and my edition of it is still in shrink. <laughs> my copy of Power Grid is still in shrink because we're never going to play it two player at home. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can do math problems on my own. <laughs> <laughs> but do you want to? I mean, I'm not a designer because I don't want to do the homework. <laughs> You've said that many times. Uh... It's because it's true. <laughs> So, any other 
any other thoughts or anything you want from us? For? I don't know. It's been it's been a very long couple of days. And it's, I'm just kind when of, are you out tomorrow? After I got a play test till seven. Oh, no, you're here late. I'm doing. They, they um, run that late. Yeah, they run until seven. Seven the latest. Yeah. And my checkout is at noon. So I'm packing <laughs> up the car, then coming here. Yep. So, I'm doing some actual escape rooms, not ones that I've designed oh, tomorrow cool. afternoon. So there's a you place doing one across the street. Yeah, place right across the street with uh, that guild organizes. Um, get a good group going. So I'm hoping. I uh, knock on wood here because I have never lost an escape the room. And if, if these guys do that for me, who, who are you doing it with? Um, the, the whole group. So it's um, Gilhova. I know Mark Searins is in it. Um, JR Honeycutt may or may not be. I think he may have just dropped out. As JR is uh, want to do. Yeah, yeah. There's, uh, there's, there's a good group of, uh, of people going. So I'm hoping us being game designers will be able to crack those. Give you an edge. But yeah. are you going to AP the heck out of it and, and, and overthink it? I'll try not to let yeah. that happen. <laughs> so as an escape room er and being from Massachusetts, have you done the hole? No, I haven't. It's interesting. The hole is an escape room completely in the dark. Yep. They put a bag in your head and they handcuff you and they put you in the room in the complete darkness. Have you done it? Yes. Did you win? Yes, we did. But it's uh it's it's interesting because puzzle-wise, like for an escape room, it's stupid simple. Like if the lights were on, minute, minute and a half tops. But in the dark, everything <laughs> there's like cloth hanging down and wet things, and it's it's a creepy wow. experience. Um, is it, is it like putting your hand in a bowl of spaghetti and yep. like it's brains? Yep. <laughs> but there's a key in the brains. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> you just need to find. It's it. definitely an interesting experience. I recommend it. How has it been demoing an escape room here, Tim? I mean, that's a that's a kind of a different environment. A lot of what ha- happens here is tabletop and RPG and LARP. Good. Escape rooms are, is a new entity. So there are two different things that happen. So when you're telling people that you have an escape room game, they're like, "When is that happening? I want to go play." So that is really awesome. Um, one thing that is really tough about uh, playtesting escape rooms, though, is you can only playtest it with a playtester once. Because right. once they've solved all the puzzles, you can't ask them to turn around and solve the puzzles again. So I have actually had to design two scenarios using the same setup with a bunch of different puzzles. And one of my goals at the end of Metatopia is to figure out which of those puzzles are going to end up in the final part. And if there are puzzles that are just too hard, or I have one that I love which may be too simple, how am I going to rework that to make it something that's interesting that the players are going to engage with? But, uh, you know, being at a board game convention and telling people you have an escape room thing, they want to line up. <laughs> I'm just, my, my playtest is from 10 p.m. to 12 a.m. Uh, on both Friday and Saturday, and that's just not a good time, I don't think, to have a playtest. <laughs> <laughs> that event? Yeah, and people don't want to be up and moving around and picking things up and figuring out complex puzzles. They... You know, that's when the slap happy games come out. <laughs> a lot of people have been interested in stuff. I was surprised. My game Vanilla, which I did not think would grab people, I've gotten a bunch of potential. Like, oh, I'm really interested in the theme. I like the one guy last night who was like, are you just calling it Vanilla because you don't know what it's about? 
vanilla. It's about vanilla. Which, it really is interesting if you look into vanilla, which almost no one knows anything about vanilla. It's a really you interesting do. I do now. It's hand-pollinated. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Anyway. Yeah, it's... The things that you learn doing game design... Brilliant, yeah. That's... Like, I was doing a game about Australia and just... Figuring stuff out about the animals in Australia, there's some fascinating facts about them. Like, I mean, you can edit this out, but 85% of If you edit this out, there's my curse. <laughs> Good job, Ben. I said I'd do it. 85% of koalas have chlamydia. Did you know that? I, I did, I'd heard but that. I think you were the one who told me. Like, it's like old folks' homes, yeah. right? Wombat's poop is square. You, Matt Wolf taught me that. Yeah. <laughs> He's got, yeah, Wombat Rescue. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just heard that uh, the GMT last time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's just, just the fascinating stuff. And, and I have a game that's about uh, Central African culture right now that doing all that research, it's a fascinating culture. And um, I actually, I almost majored in anthropology because I wanted to study uh, primitive cultures. But, you know, then practicality took over. Psychology. Yeah, I don't know if my degree in psychology is that much better. (laughs) (laughs) One of the radicals that that when I I went for the conspiracy, conspiracy all of that research, I joined so many of the conspiracy groups on Facebook. How many government lists are you on? (laughs) I I try not to think of that. Yeah, so crazy. It was just... Yeah, I learned things I didn't want to learn, okay? And and the way some people think, it's just... Astounding. There is some really good, if you search government photo archives, because they are owned by the government, they are public domain. Right. If you're looking for art for games like that, it's a really good resource for that. Nick, did you have to do a lot of diner research for Born to Serve? Uh, Do you no. spend a lot of time eating pancakes and waffles? <laughs> no, no. no, actually, but the, it, what, why that happened, though, is, the, uh, is restaurant games. I, the, the restaurant-themed games are, are, board games are comparatively rare, and I think I've like got three or four of them, which is maybe, might be all, very well be all of them. But um, the, uh, they all were kind of terrible, and I, it was like one of those things that stuck in my craw. It's like, I want to see a good game that does restaurant stuff. Now, I'm hoping to service it, I don't know, but you know, that, but that was one of the reasons of going to serve with the restaurant. It wasn't just like you were sitting in Denny's and reading a comic book. No, no it, that that would be the more rational explanation, but no, it was not that. So. That's what you're putting in the memoir. Right. Yeah, now, that's right. If you're looking for a rational explanation, don't expect it from 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 Nick. That's not going to be the actual. <laughs> you brought your own expertise in pinball into some of your games too. Right. Yeah, and so. that, yeah, and I, of course that. Was a you know a mixed blessing because since I knew it so well, I had very high, very 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 high standards for what I what I wanted it to feel like and be, and I had plenty of other I had several games that were that were fine that worked and they were okay and people liked them, but they weren't good enough for me because I didn't have that 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 feel that I wanted. So it was a touchy thing when you're doing a game on a subject trying to balance being truthful about the subject or, or being, you know, really keeping it true to what it is versus the game aspects of it. Right. Because um, I, was, I was having a conversation with Ian Zhang about this a few months ago, and uh, with his game Constellations, he's working with a Do we have a name drop count going on? 
Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Take but, a drink. Um, just a ding, ding, <laughs> ding, ding. Right, ding. Yeah. His game, Constellations, we were at Unpop, actually. Yeah. Um, and he's working with an astronomer on this game. And there were some aspects where he's like, you know what, we need to fix this. We need to, you can turn in two stars to get this other type of star. And the astronomer was like, well, that's not how stars work. <laughs> just and Ian's like, I know. And I think our audience will know that. But for the game aspects of the game, this makes sense and really gets us out of a difficult spot. And it took some working, but you know, the astronomer was eventually like, you know, okay, I get it. He came around. You know, um, so I'm sure you may have had some of that with pinball. Well, right, yeah, with the speed, yeah, it's like you have to make some hard, hard decisions because you don't want it to be a simulation. I mean, I'm not, I'm not playing because a simulation is not going to be that exciting, right? I mean. Oh, yeah, it's not for a lot of people. Right. Somebody would love it. Somebody might love it, but it's like but do you want to sell more than one copy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The audience the pinball machines already exist. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, once you love to roll some dice and look up on a chart. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Or just roll the ball down the table and see if you win. Well, the, the, she's not telling the, the funny story of how this happened. It was really just lightning striking with, the, her, with this one. So I, I, I go to work. I get a call about it's, it's about ten o'clock in, at work. I'm in the lab, and she says, uh, "I figured it out. You're the pinball." And I'm like, what are we talking about? You know? <laughs> yeah, that happens a lot. Like, I'll just I'll say, I'll say something. Really, all right, hold on, back up. What subject are we talking yeah, wait, about? Can we start with, like, no, start with the subject matter. And, but no, so, so she says, so, so I get home, and I've got this template for PowerPoint to make card games with, because apparently I'm the only human being on the planet that thinks PowerPoint's easy to work with. And uh, so she whipped up these cards. She get, we get home, and says, we're playing this game. And I'm like, okay. This is the same day this is all happening. So we play the game, and during, it, was, it was genius. It worked perfectly. So then she just throws to me, now fix the math. You know? <laughs> Isn't that what you're, she keeps you around for? Just uh, to do the math? Well, yeah, I guess, yeah. It's got it's to be something. So you guys have a design partnership. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So is there a role that one of you takes... Well, Nick is definitely the heart. Well, he's a scientist, so he's the he's the guy. You know, it's like okay, does the you know does this make sense? What are the is the math right? You know, I read game rules for some, so I'm the mechanics guy. Yeah, yeah, and I think I'm more of the like you know like with Born to Serve, the the one wall we hit for a long time was it mechanically you know he did it was really great, but it was very it was kind of dry. People felt that you didn't get the feeling of being a superhero, and then out of the blue, I came up with the idea is like well here's what we need to do instead of having that the one thing the one power you have to have two powers because once you have two powers now you have a choice and you know you need the power of some superhero-y thing and that's going to do it and it literally it's not that's, kicking that, punch yeah, yeah, not, yeah. Kicking not kicking a punch no. it was a Hadouken <laughs> but yeah Kamehameha yes. <laughs> so I well, think, yeah she's definitely very good with the themes that's her that's her thing she's totally totally good that sounds like it works really well then yeah absolutely so you guys got lucky in that regard yeah. yeah right. Or or this is like the 15th replicant of Nick yeah. to get it to the <laughs> Oh, wait. Do we not talk about the other 14 replicants of Nick? No. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's, I should, it's, I should it's probably just point. I probably not um, mention this point. It's just I, another I, pinball machine. Probably shouldn't mention this point that Investigation Discovery's background noise of the Sour household. So. <laughs> you, know, you know what? That is not surprising at all, Nick. Look at the surprise on my face on a podcast that, that you guys who are doing games about cryptids and about uh, cryptozoology have 
channels like that on at your house 24/7. to get information. <laughs> yeah. That's how my house is, too. That's all my wife watches. Now. Is it really? Yeah. Uh, well, where's your cryptozoology game? game? I don't know about it. It's, it's full-on Wii TV when Law & Order's on at our house. Uh, Sometimes on two TVs at the same time. <laughs> so Surround sound. Yeah. Dude, dude. You have to edit that out for copyright purposes. I think it's okay. 30 seconds is the limit. <laughs> uh, oh, anything else? We're... Well, we're not really close. We we're, not really <laughs> we're just... We're rambling. We're going to see how much of this nonsense ends up. <laughs> this is another week that I don't have to schedule an interview, and that's great. So this is a podcast you do for designers, right? Yes. So do we maybe want to talk about this? What advice would you give to a designer who wants to attend Metatopia event? Um, my best advice is to show up and say hi. No, no, you guys, you guys laugh. You guys laugh about it. But the hardest part, in some cases, is showing up. Chris, when did you know you were coming? A month ago. Like for sure, a month ago. But I've known, I know, I've, I was coming to Metatopia this year for a year. Right. I yeah. knew I but, wanted to come for yeah. a year. But I mean, like, like I knew I was coming, and I, I didn't have anything to show. I wasn't doing anything. But I knew I was coming to be a part of this. Um, you know, we're, like I said earlier today, we met with somebody who found out about Metatopia last week and is here. They haven't put pen to paper, but they showed up. They're gonna they're gonna get some comfort. They're gonna get some comfort. They're gonna go home. They're gonna maybe put pen to paper. Maybe they're doing that right now because I haven't seen them for a while. <laughs> Who knows what they're doing? But they're here. They're being a part of the community. That was another thing they want to do. They want to be a part of the community. So show up. Say hi. Not necessarily to me, not necessarily to Tim, Nick, to you, Chris, or to Diane, but say hi. Because the easiest way to become a part of something is to become a part of something, which is going to lead you, if you're playtesting, if you don't have anything, come playtest, get some insight that may help you when you go home, and next time you'll feel much more comfortable. And then you've also built up some rapport that you can use to reach out to these people in the meantime. Um, I'd say don't, don't be a... Don't be afraid to, to, to talk to talk to people about about your design and, and your ideas. Don't. I think a lot of times people um, will be shy about 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 because it's all new and it's 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 scary and is you know is, is this a good idea? Is this not a good idea? People are, people are really friendly and really helpful and really generous with with, with their time and advice um, and just uh, help help that they can provide. And even if they can't provide it, somebody like Ben. They'll, they'll, they'll connect you. They'll connect you with some with somebody that, that maybe can. Um, I, well, I would reiterate what Ben told you that make sure you schedule blocks of free time. Don't don't book yourself like silly because you will regret it. <laughs> yeah, just because you can work all ten shifts in a day doesn't mean you should. Exactly. Turns out I can anyway. <laughs> Um, I'd say I like what both of you are going to say, what Ben and Diane said here. Um, those were going to be the first two things that I said. But the last thing that I uh, will say is give back to the community too. Um, you know, don't be afraid to walk up to some designers and say, hey, do you want to play test my game? Because the answer 99% of the time here is going to be yes. And if the answer is no, it's probably because they're about to go get dinner. So, um, 
don't be afraid to ask them to play test your game, but then stick around and play test their games too. And you know, that's what being a member of a community is. It's not just going there and saying, what can I get out of this? But I want to give back to this community too and, and help other designers. And that's one thing that is, I think Metatopia is really, really great for in having the designers do that. Um, but just know that when you come here, that's what you should be doing. I'll add to that, I mean, all of that. It's very important to say hi and talk to people, play your games. Be willing to take feedback. Uh, be willing to change. Be willing yeah. to accept people's gracious giving you help. Uh, no we matter what it is. Other podcasts about yeah. that. You asked about Metatopia specifically. You didn't have to go about playtesting. I, <laughs> I didn't even ask the question. That was Tim. <laughs> All right. Well, that's great. We're almost out of time. So let's just do one around. And anything you have coming up, projects or things you're going to be at, you want to talk about? Nick? Or Nick and Diane? No. Go ahead, John. Uh, well, well, right now, I don't know when this is going to out, but right now, um, uh, the yeah, early uh, big, big, big Vergetti is... Off a of Kickstarter is on, at that point. It's not longer on Kickstarter. It may, may or may not be on but that, and otherwise, other than that, yes, other than, uh, yeah, we'll have other stuff coming down the pipe. What shows are you going to? This, uh, next year, probably all, <laughs> pretty much all. Well, so uh, you'll all. be back here for, for Dreamation. Oh, yeah, we'll be back here February. for Dreamation, we'll be, we'll be at Origins, Gen Con, Dexton. Unpub, yep. yep. All the Unpubs, so. the Unpub, uh, yeah. website or contact info? Uh, shoot Again Games, uh, Twitter, at Shoot Again Games, or on, on Facebook, Shoot Again Games, or... Um, shootagaingames.com um, I am going to be at DGM this coming weekend followed by BGG Days negative one and zero these are back in Phil going to our listeners I, I don't care but I'm telling you what I'm doing <laughs> listen here son <laughs> then I'm going to uh, then I'll be at uh, PAX Unplugged helping out with the Unpub booth um, we'll be doing our next Unpub Mini uh, at uh, my FLGS in February after that we'll have uh uh, unpub and I get to be the mayor for another 72 hours straight. And contact info? Uh, I'm some fat kid on Twitter. That's S U M fat kid. That's probably the easiest way to get a hold of it. Yeah. Uh, so coming up for me design wise, I actually am pretty open right now. Um, I'm just finishing up my playtest for Bumuntus uh, and really getting that to a final place. And um, I've been working on my Escape the Room stuff, which I'm going to hopefully, you know, do some great stuff. Uh, one of my plans with that is to go to conventions and do it for charity. So I will ask for a couple bucks donation to the charity. You get to play the game. Ten minutes, you're in and out. Have a fun experience and help some people. Uh, for cons coming up, I'm going to be at PAX Unplugged. Um, I'm also going to be at Unpub doing the charity Escape the Room. And I don't know what else I'm going to do. I tend to, especially with like PAX South and PAX West, when I go to them, it's not really a planned thing. I find out two weeks ahead of time that <laughs> there's a spot for me, and I'm like, sure. And then I pay three times the price for a plane ticket that I would have if I planned this month ahead of time. But, um, you know, hopefully I'll, I'll get to do that again this next year, because those are always a lot of fun. Um, so my contact information, uh, Gameworthy Labs is my company, so GameworthyLabs.com, and on Twitter, I'm at GameworthyLabs. And I'm, I got my blog at BlueCube Board Games on Twitter, I'm at BlueCubeBGS, and the other things you've heard before, I don't even remember them all. Okay, thanks for listening.
and thank you all for bye bye. bye. bye.